The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you are concerned for the future of our world, you want to know that what we do right now will affect things tomorrow. For our children, their children, and generations to come, welcome to The Convergence, featuring Dr. Kurt Johnson, Ben Bowler, and Doug King, plus contributions from our correspondents located across the globe. You'll connect religion and spirituality and learn their roles in making this world a better place. Now, The Convergence. Hello, my name is Ben Bowler from OneGod.com. Together with our partners at the Interspiritual Network and Presence TV, we are thrilled to welcome you to this 13-part radio series called The Convergence, Uniting the Tribes in the Interspiritual Age. The last five decades have seen unprecedented advancement in science and technology. This has accelerated the rate of intercultural engagement as boundary-driven worldviews developed in relative isolation for centuries, are increasingly exposed to other ways of seeing and being in the world. This both challenges and informs views on spirituality, religion and philosophy. When faced with new and different ways of thinking, we can either contract and consolidate our views, which leads to fundamentalism and conflict, or we can evolve and expand our ideas, which leads to new opportunities for harmony, resonance and even convergence. This series is dedicated to the important work of navigating through this evolutionary leap. At the same time consciousness is expanding, the challenges on a global scale are also rapidly increasing. The question is this, will we wake up, will we grow up, just in time to turn this thing around? If we are to do that, then the time is now. It is in this spirit that we present to you this series. The Convergence, a journey of waking up and growing up with Dr. Kurt Johnson and friends. Together with some of the world's leading philosophers, thinkers, artists and visionaries, we explore the leading edges of spirituality, activism and a host of interconnected fields, all essential in moving our planet forward towards a peaceful, positive future. It is my pleasure to introduce to you now your series host, Dr. Kurt Johnson. Thanks, Ben Bowler, for that introduction to the series, The Convergence. This is Dr. Kurt Johnson of the Inner Spiritual Network, your series host. In this episode, we jump from our probing discussion of waking up and growing up in Episode 1 with integral philosopher Ken Wilbur to a discussion of spiritual practice, the waking up part itself. As Ken Wilbur emphasized, waking up has been with us for millennia in the message of all the world's wisdom traditions. But we still saw an awful lot of bad behavior from the religions because of the lack of understanding of growing up, the understanding that is available to us today of how we reach higher developmental levels in actual behavior, what Wilbur calls the developmental levels or the developmental ladder. We're pleased to have Ken Wilbur back with us at the bottom half of this hour when we discuss embodied spiritual practice specifically yoga. But our first half hour will feature luminaries from the arena of more transcendent or what might be called mystical spiritual practice, the world of so-called awakening, enlightenment, or non-duality, or what many are calling today the profound sense of unity consciousness or oneness. So let me introduce our co-host for today so that he can introduce his honored guests. Our co-host today is Yanni Maniades, who is the host of InsideOutJourneys.com and a member of the Convergence team. Yanni also is head of our eco-ministries programs with our affiliates, Forum 21 Institute at the United Nations, and from Self-Care to Earth Care. Now, Yanni has some really special guests today, and I'm sure you're going to want to follow their dialogue about this very important matter of awakening and non-duality, whatever that might be. 
So I'm happy now to pass the baton over to Yanni Maniades, who will introduce and engage our guests for today. Thank you, Kurt. Uh, it's a distinct pleasure and honor to have the opportunity to host this episode on spiritual practice today with our very special guests, Father Thomas Keating and Locke Kelly, <clears throat> both of whose lives have been dedicated to helping us to experience the ground of our being. Father Keating has been a Trappist monk and priest for over 70 years. He is one of the architects of the Centering Prayer Movement, and as well, he is co-founder of Contemplative Outreach and has been past president of the Temple of Understanding and of the Monastic Interreligious Dialogue. He is the author of over 30 books, one of which, Open Mind, Open Heart, has sold over a half a million copies and been translated into 10 languages. For years, he has given intimate support to the interspiritual movement by hosting its leaders annually at St. Benedict Abbey in Colorado to discuss the future of the movement and its strategies. Our second guest, Locke Kelly, is the founder of the nonprofit Open Hearted Awareness Institute. He is an author, meditation teacher, educator, and licensed psychotherapist. As well, during his traveling fellowship to Sri Lanka, India, and Nepal, he studied contemplative meditation in many traditions. He is the author of the best selling book, Shift into Freedom The Science and Practice of Open Hearted Awareness which was named Top 10 Best Books of the Year by Spirituality and Health magazine. Full bios for both Father Keating and Locke are available at the Voice America show page. So, to begin, Father Keating, perhaps you can share your understanding of how the profound experience of the underlying connectedness or unity of all call it non-duality or whatever one wants to call it, can propel us all to truly wake up and grow up and what impacts this can have on us both individually and as a society as a whole. So, Father Keating, if you can just give us, uh, you know, your thoughts on this question and or lot. Well, this is, uh, of course, not only a question, uh, but a mystery in the sense of experiencing the reality you're talking about. Uh, I think uh, there are a number of uh, awakening people in our time who have uh, verified by their personal experience uh, a number of the mystical experiences that go back to the earliest uh, days of humanity. Uh, what uh, seems to be crucial, uh, most crucial, is the awareness or the developing awareness of the uh, deeper presence or ground of being within each of us, which also uh, grounds us in everybody else who also is a human being. So our, uh, uh, the, perhaps the best way to think of this is uh, to awaken to the divine presence within us, which uh, every human being by being born is in relation to. And it's the separation or the sense of separation from that presence which accompanies us from our very birth that is the cause of all the other emotional, mental, and spiritual difficulties until these are, uh, are addressed and the presence uh, or, uh, emerges. And the, one of the best ways of reaching that is uh, periods, a couple of periods a day of silence to get to know this mysterious presence within us, which is the source of our being, source of everybody else's being, and the source of all creation. So uh, perhaps that would be enough to start our discussion. Yes, thank yes, you so thank much, you, uh, Father Keating. That, uh, <clears throat> I feel the same way, and uh, just to say a little bit 
to dovetail that uh, that the premise from the contemplative traditions around the world is that this uh, connectedness that underlies us all is already here within us all, that it's not something that needs to be developed like a skill or created. And so, as Father Thomas mentioned, it's this separate sense of self that is kind of um, a pattern or constellation of consciousness which we've developed and call our center of self, and we end up being self-centered when we live from that. But it really can be uh, stepped out of. It can be, uh, we can learn through silence and through inquiry and through other uh, methods uh, to uh, wake up from this small, separate sense of self and then immediately discover a direct presence and a way of experiencing that actually is even beyond experience because you're not experiencing this uh, dimension of unity as if it's a meditation state, that actually you shift into this all-pervasive awareness that has a quality of unconditional love and well-being, and you realize that, oh, this isn't an experience I'm having. This is really who I am to which these other thoughts, feelings, and sensations are occurring. And so that possibility, uh, I feel, is aware, is available to people in the midst of their daily life if they can <clears throat> give themselves these uh, small periods of silence or what I call small glimpses many times during the day. So short periods of learning how to unhook or tune out of the current way of perceiving and creating identity and knowing and begin to feel into and access uh, this already awake um, divine consciousness that is our birthright and that is available uh, to all of us um, and if we have that as part of our map, uh, that it isn't an esoteric um, thing. It actually becomes part of waking up and growing up, become part of the same trajectory, the part of the natural uh, stages of human development to wake up to this which is already here. Thank you, Locke. Um, Father Keating, would you like to uh, comment a little more on that as well? Uh, yes, I would like to, because this is the area that uh, seems to me is the most important educational process uh, that exists, that is, to getting to know oneself and the source of our being, and, and to, by accepting it, uh, to be able to grow out of the childish attitudes that we had in infancy to survive to the fully rational consciousness uh, of a human being which is not fully conscious until it's also open to the further developments of consciousness that are spiritual and even divine. If, if we... If, folks could just realize our oneness with uh, God, to use the Christian or other traditions, uh, we, and, and made use of the mystical discoveries of science in our time, or at least uh, experiments that have, have, have proved the mystical experience correct, Everything is interdependent. Everything is interconnected. Everything needs everything else. And so close is this oneness when it's rooted in God and one is beginning to wake up to this ultimate reality that lies within us. Then you couldn't possibly injure other people because you'd be injuring yourself. And, and other people are as much us in the sense as we are. Whatever we have belongs to everyone else in virtue of this uh, oneness with God and with each other. 
so this is the focus, I think, of non-duality, to, to desire and cultivate and reduce the obstacles to this experience. It's not a question of striving, since you've already got it. Uh, you just don't know. And, and, and this is the uh, tragedy and poignancy of human nature, that we have within us this enormous capacity to come to become one with God, and one with each other in whom God also dwells equally but diversely in everyone. So in, in the ultimate reality, to use another term for God, God is both infinitely one and infinitely diverse at the same time. And creation is an ongoing process in which he keeps revealing new aspects of himself and expresses them in different human beings who are open to his presence and allowing him to uh, awaken in us the uh, experience of uh, transrational consciousness, which is presence and nothingness, but a nothingness with openness to that which is everything, that which is to become nothing in spiritual practice is the ego and the false self which hide the divine process from us, but is based on the habits of a separate self-sense, trying to survive in a world uh, without the presence of God at this level that uh, Locke and I are talking about. Uh uh, Father Keating, that's uh, very, very helpful. And uh, we do uh, have to take a break right now from this segment, and then we'll come back and, uh, and share more. So we'll just take a brief break now, and we'll be back really soon. I search my way through wreckage, try to find a peace to say. Was it a hurricane? Was it rain? Was it a warm tsunami wave? We think we're thick with courage. That's an insult to the brave. While all our hearts are mortgaged and our minds are media. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Hi, friends. This is Ben from OneGod.com with a special announcement. We hope you're enjoying this radio series, The Convergence, a journey of waking up and growing up with Dr. Kurt Johnson and friends. Many of the ideas that have gone into making this series had their original expression through Kurt's landmark book, the coming into spiritual age. It's a modern day spiritual classic full of inspired thinking and heralding an optimistic future right within our grasp. As a special gift to listeners of The Convergence, Dr. Johnson is giving you the first four chapters as a gift. In these first 50 pages, Kurt and co-author David Ord lay out the framework for their grand, integrated, interspiritual vision, a vision that Ken Wilber says might very well change your world. To get your free download of this incredible gift, just go to onegod.com, that's the number one, god.com, and follow the links. Do you just seem to be stuck in the same pattern over and over? Sometimes life seems to be about just spinning your wheels. It never has to be that way. Listen for Welcome to the Mosaic Garden with host Christy Ellen, the Mosaic Shaman. Mosaic art is a lot like pieces of our lives. They just need to be put back together, one piece at a time. You deserve to live a happy life. We hope you'll tune in. Welcome to the Mosaic Garden airs live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. 
are tuned in to The Convergence. You may connect with our program today by calling toll-free 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send us an email to info at onegod.com. That's I-N-F-O at the number one, God.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back. And uh, we'd like now um, for Locke to continue our conversation. So begin, Locke, when you can. Yes. So um, I thought Father Keating and I might talk about how many meditation practices uh, that people begin with help us to calm our bodies and reduce mental and emotional stress, but maybe to mention that there actually are simple and effective spiritual practices that can very directly connect us to our deepest ground of being or our source in the midst of our daily life so that we don't need to feel like we have to become an Olympic athlete of meditation or we don't have to feel as if it's only for an esoteric few people that literally we can learn to tune in, to uh, shift our awareness, to uh, drop out of this uh, small separate sense of self and begin to um, have conscious contact with something greater than ourselves. Would you like to say something about that, uh, Father Keating? Yes, we're talking about uh, spiritual means of, of uh, increasing that awareness, uh, both in depth and frequency. Uh, mm-hmm. I suggest, uh, as one practical method that uh, is well documented today in Eckhart Tolle's teaching about the present moment, uh, and he gives a, quite a bit of information about how to get in that moment. Uh, but I was just, I heard a good insight lately from uh, Francis Bennett in which he puts it this way. Uh, please listen closely, see if it resonates in your heart or psyche. Uh, the present moment is God, is reality in the ultimate sense of the word, uh, along with all the circumstances of the present moment. So instead of fighting it to... Uh, Embrace it and to uh, uh, wait it out uh, is a way of, of, of cultivating a relation to God in both the joys and the difficulties and griefs of this re- ongoing relationship that is deepening. And that's what I think might be one uh, process that could be helpful. Locke, you also have a number of excellent means. Maybe this time for you to give a couple. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, as you say, I mean, one of the great pointers is really to consider that rather than just considering God only in the, the good things that happen, God is everything. God is in the present moment, in the now, inherent within everything that's happening, and so that we don't need to deny experience or life as it appears, but look within and see the unity that is expressing itself through the fullness of life. Um, And, yeah, learning how to drop from head to heart might be a simple uh, pointer, that people can literally unhook their awareness from thinking and have it feel their jaw from within, feel their throat from within, and come down below their neck to feel this heart space, or what's called sacred heart, or bodhicitta, or this sense of heart-mind, Christ consciousness, uh, from which this trans-rational or non-conceptual wisdom mind uh, is immediately perceived and begins to uh, look through the eyes of the heart uh, in a way that compassion and non-separation, and it doesn't deny thinking or use of the intellect as tools. It just has us drop out of that mental manager, that little mini-me in our heads, and begin 
to open our hearts and find not just the emotional heart, but really this heart space uh, from which the divine has been waiting for us and we can come home and live from there. What would you you say about that, Father Keating? Uh, yes, that's, that's very good. In, uh, the, putting the mind in the heart, you have some excellent practices for that. And, yes. and this movement leads to a, an interior freedom so that we begin to see that there's nobody for us to become because we already are everything we possibly could be. We just don't know it. And everything we could possibly be includes divine union and and uh, and a movement uh, that is even beyond uh, uh, devotion and uh, offers us uh, unlimited capacities for developing uh, that that uh, uh, could enrich the human family so much if they would if if our beloved friends and enemies. Could uh, get the point that God dwells within each of us and loves us infinitely, and only asks us to live together in peace and to help each other, to honor so, each other. Uh, I'm sorry, Father Keating. We're coming to the end of the segment. Um, That's fine. So I'm ended. Yeah, go ahead. I'll let you finish. I'm finished. Oh, okay. Uh, and so, uh, thank you both, Locke and Father Keating, so much for this uh, illuminating and heartfelt discussion. And um, you can go to our website uh, and get more information on Father Keating's and, and Locke's work. Uh, again, thank you for joining us today. I search my way through wreckage, try to find a piece to say. Was it a hurricane? Was it rain? Was it a warm tsunami wave? We think we're thick with courage. That's an insult to the brave. While all our hearts are mortgaged and our minds are media. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Hello, everyone. This is Ben from OneGod.com. We hope you are enjoying this series, The Convergence, Uniting the Tribes in the Interspiritual Age. For those of you looking to take a deeper dive into any of this amazing material, Dr. Kurt Johnson has created a magnificent online learning program called Interspiritual Mastery. And we are thrilled to be hosting this course and our new education platform, One God Academy. The Interspiritual Mastery program will take you on a guided journey through amazing developments in spirituality, ecology, indigenous wisdom, and more, giving you a window seat to the dawn of the interspiritual age. For more information on this exciting new program, please go to onegod.com, that's the number one, G-O-D.com, and follow the links to the Academy. Sit back, relax, breathe, reconnect to the still, small voice within. Take the time to make a weekly visit to the Sounds of the Heart with host Sandy Goldstone. This unique program will help you cultivate and strengthen your heart's connection and feel love, beauty, and joy. You don't need to fear or suffer. Heed the call. Say yes to living from the heart's truth. Tune in live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Join the evolving consciousness of humanity. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You take my 
You are tuned in to The Convergence. You may connect with our program today by calling toll-free 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send us an email to info at onegod.com. That's I-N-F-O at the number one, God.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to The Convergence. This is your host, Dr. Kurt Johnson. You've been listening to Father Thomas Keating and Locke Kelly discuss non-dual spiritual practice. And we'll be preparing a longer video with Father Thomas and Locke to pursue this conversation. So watch for that at onegod.com slash convergence. Now, to close out this part of the discussion before we move on to a rich chat about yoga, we've asked integral philosopher Ken Wilbur, who framed the Convergence series in our episode one, to add a final note. So let's hear what Ken has to say about consciousness and the non-dual and contemplative pursuit. For waking up, the central practice is to bring awareness to bear on everything that is arising. So in meditation, we often start with being aware of items like the physical body and its sensations, the breath and feelings and thoughts themselves. And every time we do that, we are disidentifying with those objects. We transcend them. We let go of them. We no longer are them. We're aware of them. The ultimate result is that we awaken pure awareness itself and we're identified with that pure awareness and not with any content of awareness. This is to realize one's true self, pure consciousness, Purusha, Shiva, the new Adam, Mahaatman, pure emptiness beyond all form. We're no longer identified with any merely finite or manifest object. We're identified with the pure witness of all objects, with Turiya or Bhikman, with pure awareness, And because we are no longer exclusively identified with any objects, we are radically free from all of them. As Padantali said, ignorance is the identification of the seer with the instruments of seeing. And this identification is let go of when we discover the pure seer, our own pure awareness or radical emptiness. Paradoxically, because this is not identified with any particular thing, It is one with absolutely everything. This is known as the great liberation, enlightenment, awakening, the supreme identity. It is to transcend and include the entire manifest universe altogether, the union of emptiness and all form, Shiva and all Shakti, Godhead and all manifestation. Growing up, on the other hand, has to do not with our relationship to the entire manifest universe or its ground, but to our relationships within that universe. Where the various stages of waking up have to do with how much of the universe we have let go of and transcended, the stages of growing up have to do with how many perspectives we can take within that universe. It's not how we reach nirvana, It's how we handle samsara. But since for the non-dual traditions, nirvana and samsara, emptiness and form, are not two, then both waking up and growing up are crucial. So here's a quick example of growing up. If you take a five-year-old child and put a ball between you and the child, and this ball is colored red on one side and green on the other, and you turn the ball several times so the child can see both colors. Then place the green side facing the child and the red side facing you, and ask the child, what color are you seeing? The child will correctly say green. Then ask the child, what color am I seeing? And the child will say green. In other words, the child cannot take your perspective. The child cannot see the world through your eyes and realize that you're seeing red. The child thinks you're seeing the same thing it's seeing. But within the next year or two, the child will go through a very important stage of growing up and move to a stage where it can take the role of other. So this time, if you do the same thing with the ball, the child will correctly say green when that side is facing the child and say red for the color you are seeing. The child can take the role of other. But what's so amazing is that a five-year-old child cannot do this fundamental task. But by age seven, yes, no problem. 
The child can do this. That's an example of a stage of growing up. You don't find these kinds of stages specifically addressed by any meditation or religious system anywhere in the world. But each stage of growing up, and there are six or seven of them, adds a new type of capacity for taking the role of others in greater and greater ways. It will go from being only able to take a first-person perspective, like the five-year-old child who can only see its own view, a selfish stage, to taking a second-person perspective, like the seven-year-old child who can correctly see your viewpoint. But that child can only see a second-person perspective, which means it can only take the viewpoint of a limited group of people, its family, its clan, its tribe, its nation, its religion. And so it will identify with that group, but it cannot see or identify with all groups or all humans. This group-limited view is called an ethnocentric view, which means it is prejudiced and bigoted according to the beliefs of just that group. It may be racist or sexist or homophobic or religiously fundamentalist, believing it and it alone has the one and only true God. But at the next stage of growing up, it can take a third-person perspective, which means a universal or objective view, where it will try to treat all people fairly, regardless of race, color, sex, or religious creed. The person has moved from ethnocentric to world-centric, another hugely important growth stage. This type of perspective expansion will significantly increase another four or five times in a full growing up, each time dramatically expanding the range of identity the person can take. And none of these many stages are dealt with by any spiritual system anywhere. So where the golden rule for waking up might be transcend and include. The golden rule for growing up is take the role of other. Several times a day, if you are perhaps talking with somebody, don't just see the conversation from your point of view. Imagine how the other person is seeing it. What do you think they are thinking or feeling or seeing? Actually practice putting yourself in the other person's stance, taking their point of view and imagine walking a mile in their shoes. Do this as often and with as many other viewpoints as you can. This will stretch your mind into more and more perspectives, which will directly contribute to your growing up to being fairer and fairer with increased capacities for love, care, compassion, and concern, and being less and less bigoted, prejudiced, and biased. Then, when you reach your own waking up, and you feel one with the entire world, the world you see will not be ethnocentric or prejudiced or bigoted, but will genuinely be able to embrace each and every sentient being with a true compassion, care, and love. If you can't truly see the viewpoint of the other person, if you can't take the role of other, you can't truly see them, nor therefore can you truly love them. You will have woken up, but not yet grown up. This is why waking up and growing up are both crucial for any genuine spirituality. I search my way through wreckage, try to find a peace to say. Was it a hurricane? Was it rain? Was it a warm tsunami wave? We think we're thick with courage That's an insult to the brave While all our hearts are mortgaged And our minds are media Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. This is Ben from OneGod.com and World Weaver Spiritual Adventures with a very special invitation to join us on an upcoming interspiritual tour of India called The Mystic Express. 
We are so excited about this program and we've been working towards it for many years. Together with key hosts and luminary guests from the Convergence Radio series, we invite you to take the trip of a lifetime through the deeply mystical land of India, source to so many of the world's great spiritual traditions. You will be personally guided by learned masters through the traditions of Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, Sikhism and Sufism. More than just an incredible learning journey, this promises to be a moving, soulful experience that will transform each of us and the way we see the world. This facilitated mystical journey is leaving Delhi on March 14, 2017 and finishes up back in Delhi on March 27. All aboard. For more information, go to worldweavers.com and look for the Mystic Express. World Weavers, Adventures of the Spirit. Hello. We hope you are enjoying this series on the Convergence, uniting the tribes in the interspiritual age. For those of you looking to take a deeper dive into any of this amazing material, Dr. Kurt Johnson has created an entire online learning program called Interspiritual Mastery, and we are thrilled to be hosting this course on our new education platform, One God Academy. The Interspiritual Mastery Program will take you on a guided journey through the amazing developments in spirituality, ecology, indigenous wisdom, and more giving you a window seat to the dawn of the interspiritual age. For more information on this exciting new program, please go to onegod.com. That's the number one, G-O-D.com. And follow the links to the Academy. Join us in changing the world through the work of waking up and growing up. And let us all strive to unite the tribes in this interspiritual age. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You are tuned in to The Convergence. You may connect with our program today by calling toll-free 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send us an email to info at onegod.com. That's I-N-F-O at the number one, God.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back. This is your series host, Dr. Kurt Johnson, and I'm happy to turn the discussion immediately back now to our yoga co-host, Karuna, and her guest, Elena Brower. So go ahead. So my dear friend and sister and yoga expertise, Elena, thank you for being here. Mm. I'd like to ask you a question directly to the Heart Center. Why yoga is so important today to you personally in your own personal practice and where it's taken you and where do you, where do you see it opening up and going? Well, for me, I think there's a, a huge component of my actual daily life that has benefited and clarified because of my yoga practice. And the reason why it's important to me today is because it pertains so heavily to the way I show up in the world as a mom, as a lover, as a daughter, as a sister, as a friend, as a, you know, as a teacher. And I think... You know, where it's going, I think we are definitely in the Aquarian age. We are definitely now having these conversations much more often than we ever have been. You know, I've been doing this for almost 20 years, and um, I'm still only 46. And it's and happy birthday, only, by the way. Thank you. It's only amplifying now mm-hmm. and accelerating this conversation. So what I'm seeing is that more and more folks are tuning into the practice and learning how to prioritize in their lives in a much more capable and efficient way what is most valuable and salient in their, in their existence. Right. That's why I think it's, it's getting more important. Right. And so let me send you an idea of about a let's say, a millennial that comes into a yogic practice and says, I can't even touch my toes. How Mm. are we offering um, an ancient teaching of yogic practice into the realm of someone who thinks it's only physical? Well, you know, I think you have to start realistically with the physical. I know that that's how I began, and I think to... 
you know, for those of you listening who are new to yoga, those of you who haven't done any yoga, this is for you because it's so important to use the practice in order to become flexible. You don't start that way. You begin inflexible, not really having a sense of your body. It could be that you haven't really worked out in a very long time. It could be that you're a runner, you're a cyclist, and you do other things, but you're feeling very tight and it's not changing over time. It's actually getting worse. Your yoga practice will start very simply and very quietly, really about the physical. As you move through it, what you'll find is that the physical leads, begins to open the way into a very uh, uh, softened mental state, the releasing of the muscular tension, the capacity to inhabit your joints becomes the capacity to release really softly mental tension. And that is what makes us better in the world in terms of our interactions, in terms of our capacity to stay neutral. That, I think, is where it gets very interesting, and I'm in no rush to teach folks about the sort of quote-unquote spiritual side of it. I would much more have them have the experience of their bodies softening, their inhabiting the joints more, the joint spaces more, and then they start to begin to understand what it means to soften themselves mentally. But as we practice kundalini yoga, we call in the ten gurus when we tune in with Om Namo Gurudev Namo. So would you suggest in your own um, practice that you would just do that for yourself as a teacher instead of as a, offering it to the student um, in the sense not to dive them in so deeply and so the yoga will stick with them longer? On, uh, with the benefit of the physical practice? Right. For me, it depends very heavily on my, my students. There are times when I'm sitting in front of a room full of students and they may not have, never have done yoga before, and okay. I walk them through that Adi Mantra and teach them what it means. You know, I call on the highest teacher to join me and bless this practice. All the golden chain of teachers that have come before me, I call on you all to bless this practice. And then I explain it, and we either whisper it or maybe we sing it if I feel like the room can be comfortable enough singing it. And we utter the words, and we're done. Then sometimes I don't use it at all. That sounds so great. As I was sitting with Father Keating, Elena, uh, he asked me, actually, did I teach my children yoga? And I mm-hmm. said, no, they just watched me, and then somehow they integrated into the food that they were eating, into okay. the walks they were taking, and not mm-hmm. necessarily the look of the practice, but actually being the mama, as you called yourself before, and the divine teacher and the alignment. So there's no dogma. It's all one. We're all united. We're all ready, Correct. Correct. We're examples for each other. We're examples for our children. The more we can live in the yoga, the more we can set the example. That's all. And have you felt prosperity in your practice? Yeah. I I think the more I stay true to what it is that has worked for me, that has helped me in my life to be a better mother and a better sister and lover and daughter and all those things, that's what resonates with the students who might come to see me or read my work. And do you feel that you have to practice every day to in, ignite that agni, that fire within? I do. Mm-hmm. I didn't always, but I do now. I wake up in the morning quite early and naturally, finally, now that I'm sober for almost two years. Well, and and, and so, do you, so do you feel that you've, you, you had a waking up call and you grew up with it, so you matured? As these two decades have gone by, you you can definitely see a different platform that you stand on than when you were in your you know early twenties. Now that you're in your middle forties, you can see different platforms you're standing on in the growing up stage and waking up stage. Unquestionably, and now I'm seeing that you know there there are patterns that I was choosing, tendencies that I was choosing. And the whole idea of the practice, I think, in the final analysis as we as we get older in order to age gracefully is that we really try and stay pretty neutral, even in yeah. light of real entrenchment, neutral, neutral, neutral. So there are no tendencies that can eventually cause illness. It really is a matter of prioritizing what we put our attention on at any given time. 
Thank you, Elena, so very, mm. very much. I'm so happy you were here with us today. Thank you. Thank and God you bless you, me. and thank you for serving, because it's all about the service, isn't it, sis? Yes. So yes. we, okay. we so look much. forward to our next discussion, and we are in such grace and tranquility and uh, freedom of expression here. And thank you, Kurt Johnson. Thank you all. Thank you so Absolutely. Much. Thank you so much, uh, Karuna and Elena. So, listeners, we we hope you've enjoyed this discussion of spiritual practice and waking up and growing up with Father Thomas Keating, Locke Kelly, Yanni Maniades, Ken Wilbur, Karuna, and Elena Brower. And as I said, keep your eye on onegod.com slash convergence and the show page for the Convergence at Voice America 7th Wave for videos that we'll be adding. Now, in our next episode three, and again playing on Thanksgiving Day, we're going to have a wonderful chat with global interfaith and transformational leaders about the road to 2020. The road to 2020 will be an exciting rundown and visioning of events, initiatives, and programs emerging around the world as we move through the next five years. So this is Dr. Kurt Johnson signing off for The Convergence, and we'll see you next week. Looking forward to it. Thank you for joining our team, Dr. Kurt Johnson, Ben Bowler, and Doug King for The Convergence. We invite you to tune in again next Thursday at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel for another edition of the program. Until we talk again, have an outstanding week. They'll put a price now on the sun Elections read like tragedies Democracy wakes up diseased Yeah, Thanks again for listening to the preceding program Brought to you on the 7th Wave Network For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.